This is the Debbie Royale with your hosts, Kevin Coleman, Jeff Bell, and Christian Williams. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Royale. We are back with conference breakdowns. Today, we are going to be talking about the Big Ten Conference, the only conference that matters. Sorry, SEC fans, but we're going to be getting into the Big Ten, and uh, we're just going to be talking about over-unders. That's what the numbers next to the teams mean, Jeff. Just want to point that out to you this week. Uh, <laughs> then we're going over questions, players, all those things, sleepers from the conferences, games, all that fun stuff. Uh, before, we, before we get to that, um, we do want to point out All-22 League. We actually started our first All-22 League for the Debbie Royale. It's been a fun experience uh, for the most part. It's been interesting how kind of the draft has gone, um, and I you know, it's been fun. I think, you know, we're on the clock and when we're drafting all kinds of different players, it's fun to see the PFF grades next to their names and the position ratings. And it's just a different type of fantasy league. Uh, you can, if you want to play, it's all, you know, all 22, 40% off use promo code TDR 22. Uh, you need to get on that though. Cause you need the drafts very soon because these are big, long drafts. Uh, what is your experience so far, Christian with all 22? It's been a blast. Um, it's really difficult. I will say, you know, yeah. I it's it's a struggle to weigh positions in the ways that they are weighed in the NFL. But you're building a roster, and ultimately, you can take your roster in any different direction. For example, I have two corners already. I, I might be one of the only teams with two corners because I'm kind of scooping value there, where everyone might hit hit edge rushers and wide receivers. Some uh, one team has two quarterbacks already, even though it's single quarterback. Uh, which was an interesting strategy but yeah it's it's a really good time um but it's hard and so it's not for the uh the, the <laughs> weak weak-minded weak-hearted uh it, it's gonna take a little bit of work and it's it's a really good time though and i think our promo code giving you guys 40 percent off uh it, it would be well worth it because this is this is football it's not you know fantasy football isn't real life football and that's the problem and that's what all 22 is trying to solve so i love it Jeff, no, Jeff's, he, he's all right. He keeps, he's, he's getting auto-drafted. All auto-drafted so. twice. <laughs> I'm, I'm frustrated about that because, you know, there, I think there are some things that could be improved, you know, but any new platform, you know, it'd be nice if I got a little banner notification on my phone that I'm on the clock because, you know, I've been trying to slow down on the Twitter group chats. Um, So, you know, I've been trying to clear my mind a little bit with that. So I have missed the clock twice and it's only an hour short clock, the most you can do. So, so I think that those are, there are some improvements that um, can occur but the game mode is fun and it's interesting it and it's uh, learning and, and you know and we talked about it before like it's just like a Madden franchise draft and it really really is it really is like you're doing a real life Madden franchise draft that you're going to be playing against the 12 other teams and you know you're building your roster up from nuts to bolts doing the whole thing and so it's interesting on where you want to go obviously early in the draft you know you want to hammer the quarterback that's weighted to that position I believe it's about nine percent or so then you kind of walk into the edge rushers those premier the the wide receivers the left tackles those type of positions that we know are the high value positions they've waited all those all the way through and since i have a good guard i wish that the guard waiting was a little bit more because i think <laughs> uh, you know interior offensive line play is important we should recognize that but otherwise you know it's a lot of fun so it's a, a fun game mode 
All right. Let's uh, it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun and we're definitely not, don't know what we're doing. So let's, uh, so that's pretty much on brand for the show. Uh, let's go over to big 10. We're going to talk about over unders, go through the question marks. We're going to start with Ohio state. So Ohio state is over unders at 11. So no, not 11.5, just straight 11. Uh, biggest question, you know, you're looking at, can the defense improve to allow itself to win a championship when you're looking at the roster itself for us to have the three top consensus players at each position, CJ Stroud, Travion Henderson, and Jackson Smith and the Jigba uh, wide receiver one running back one quarterback one and then they have Marvin Harrison Jr. there who's our wide receiver four a Mecca Buka who's I think somewhere around wide receiver seven nine. eight nines yeah somewhere in there uh, look at that off the top of my head so you when you're looking at that area I mean they're loaded with talent we know they're loaded with talent uh, Jeff 11 do you think 11 is doable you think they're gonna go undefeated in the regular season and go play for a national title they are going to go undefeated. Um, I think that they will see enough defensive improvement to go undefeated. Uh, I think that you'll see um, really looking at that defense. I think Jim Knowles is going to get in there. I think they're going to have a lot more playmakers on the back end of that defense. And then it's going to really come down to Jack um, Sawyer and JT Tumalau stepping up and kind of bringing that edge pressure that they have seen in the past, get that performance. You kind of Larry Johnson's already said it's going to be his last year in so many words. And so people are, I think they're going to be really plugged in on that defensive line playing for him. I think you're just going to see a different intensity with this program. I think that there was a real wake up call. Uh, Really. You kind of look at that Michigan game last year, then the early part of the game against Iowa in the Rose bowl. It just kind of seemed like the program had gotten to a level where it slept was sleepwalking a little bit. And, and I go back to the 2019 season, urban Myers last year, and that was the year they got blown out by Purdue. And there was kind of that same similar feeling going out throughout the organization. Now they had that, that Rose bowl win against Washington that propelled them to an undefeated regular season that ultimately led to the Fiesta bowl that the sec robbed against Clemson. But other than that, you know, that team was dialed in and firing all on all cylinders experience at quarterback coming back. I think the production at wide receiver is going to be there with the young guys stepping up. Brian Hartline is going to have those guys ready. And this is clearly the team to beat in the big 10. I don't know. It's putting them against Alabama is going to be difficult because I think Will Anderson brings a little bit different element on Alabama and his ability to wreck the games on the defensive side of the ball that I'm not sure Ohio state has one of those guys, uh, but I think it's going to be a track. I mean, if those two teams were to meet in the college football playoff. Yeah, I, I think you hit a lot of points uh, perfectly there. I, I just want to say, I think the defense inherently is going to be better. Just with Jim Knowles being there, that is step one. That is going to make them, if they were a D minus last year, which I think is, I think you could argue that they were pretty bad. If they're a C plus this year, they are going to the college football playoff. Or they're easily winning the Big Ten because that offense, like you said, is just lethal. I'm excited to see Steel Chambers in year two as a linebacker because he's starting to get a little bit of NFL draft buzz because he's got tools. He was a running back, uh, and if he if he can start to learn the linebacker position, I think that maybe he could get drafted, which I think is what he kind of saw as his path as well. So uh, exciting team. I mean, 11 is uh, – yeah, you're betting the over on 11. Uh, I mean, 100 out of 100 times, I think, because uh, it's – I guess the one question mark would be the Notre Dame opener because they came out flat last year against Minnesota. And I don't know that they would do the same thing, but I also think that uh, the Notre Dame team is going to be pretty ready for that game. So if they get past them, they're going undefeated for sure. 
Okay, let's 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 For stop sure. the sign of Michigan here. Uh, <laughs> but what I will say is, I do think I, I when we look at Notre Dame, I don't know if Notre Dame's offense is enough. I think that it's going to be a good game, but I can see Ohio State pulling away just because. Tyler Bunchner, we don't know what that's going to look like. Injuries at running back already for Notre Dame. Like, I, I think it's going to be closer, but I don't know if they have the, I don't know if they have the dudes on the offensive side to look at that. I did want to ask you, Christian, because you're the comp guy. You're our, you're our scouting uh, expert. So I don't know if you saw the comp that Daniel Jeremiah gave to CJ Stroud, Mac Jones. How do you feel about that? Nah. I don't really want to comment on that's He not, said both guys see the field well, make good decisions, take what the defense gives them, they protect the football. He's a game manager. That's what he said. I see. I don't see that though. Like I, I see maybe Mac Jones with plus arm talent because CJ. He Stratt said he doesn't has, have outstanding arm strength. That's what he yeah. is scouting. Well, that's not that's not correct. Okay. I don't think that's. He's correct. been getting a lot of heat for that. That's why I want. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Stroud has zip. <laughs> Mac Jones never even had zip. Like, he could throw the ball far, and he still can, and he can do it accurately. C.J. Stroud can do that, except he can also zip the ball into tight windows. Maybe not at the elite level. Maybe not, you know, who has the strong? Justin Herbert level but or Josh Allen level, but I don't think you need that. You just need to have plus arm strength, and I think he has that. Yeah, I saw it. Jeff's a Mac Jones believer now. How do you feel about that? Mac Jones was, you put some numbers up last year. You know, he he was one of four rookies to put those numbers up. So interesting, but no, it's, uh, I just think that there's a different level to CJ Stroud's game compared to Mac Jones. And I think that you're going to see more athleticism on display this year compared to last year. I think there was an injury that kind of took that out of play last year. And yeah, I think the arm talent is definitely on two different conversations there. Christian, Jeff leaves for two weeks. He becomes a Mac Jones truther. I don't know what's going on out there in Michigan. He was in Michigan. So, so that's the, that's probably the point. I know. know. Well, I'll tell you what. I think um, I think Jeff knows that there was an extra game for Mac Jones, and he just didn't put that in the tweet. <laughs> um, and he's letting everyone else believe that Mac Jones is Justin Herbert. So. All right. Let's let's fly over to Michigan. Michigan's at nine and a half. Uh Win total, uh, biggest question, who's going to start at quarterback? And they can they repeat as Big Ten champs? Apparently, I'm the only one on the show that believes they can repeat as Big Ten champs. But, you know, when you look at the schedule, nine and a half, I, I'm pouncing all over nine and a half. They have a really easy <laughs> out-of-conference schedule. They play Colorado State, Hawaii, Connecticut. Some real barmers there. Good job, Harbaugh. Uh, and then, really, at, the biggest stretch is going to be Penn State, Michigan State, they play them, um, but they play, play them at home, both those games. And then, you know, you have Ohio State away. Uh, that's the toughest game on the schedule. I think that they hit 10 wins pretty easily as long as, you know, their defense is still going to be good when you're looking at what they're able to do. They're still going to be able to run the ball. I think the question is, if they want to beat Ohio State, they have to start JJ, like McCarthy. They have to start him. Like, that's the question. But, you know, I, I think – I don't know if they're going to do it. So, I still believe in Michigan. I, th- I still think Michigan can be right there and, and be ready to compete for that game against Ohio State. I don't think they're down. I think that they're – they lost, obviously, Ajaba Hutchinson, those guys on the defensive side. But they're still – they still have guys in that, on the defensive side. I still think that – I think getting rid of Gaddis is actually an improvement. I think that it was really hardball anyway, running right that offense. So it's going to be hardball again. I, I love Donovan Edwards to break out like quorum. I think those two guys are going to be good. Like I, 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 and I think our receiving crew is actually better. And I know I'm an optimistic Michigan fan, but I think that overall, I think I like our roster. Uh, what do you think Christian? Yeah. That last point, especially I, I was watching a little bit of the receiving core because 
there's a lot of names that like we recognize but we really haven't seen a whole lot of buzz for and we really haven't seen a whole lot of production for ronnie bell was on track to have a breakout year last year obviously he had one game but he looked fantastic in that game before the injury he'll be back this year they've got cornelius johnson who i think is a really talented receiver i know jeff kind of had a comp for him I believe wasn't it Cornelius that we were talking about? Didn't no, you? it was uh, Roman. Was the guy oh, that I yeah Wilson. yeah. Roman so Wilson. you've got Roman Wilson as well. But then there was the freshman that uh, kind of came onto the scene last year, and Andrew Anthony, and I, I think that he's got something too. So the question mark is, do they have a quarterback that can get them the ball? I did want to mention uh, our our friend Damian Parson over at the Draft Network loves to hate on Cade McNamara and says that he is holding this team back. And that is correct. Anytime you watch Michigan, you can tell <laughs> that um, Cade has his moments, but Cade misses a lot of throws and you, they've got to be able to let those receivers work. And Donovan Edwards needs to be a big piece of the passing game. So I would love to see JJ win the job from the jump. It's not going to happen. I think maybe a transition mid season would be beneficial because that's their best shot. I think they could still, make the playoff though for what it's worth i mean do you think jeff do you think that michigan could lose to ohio state and still make the playoff 11 and 1 playoff team without the big 10 championship not having a big non-conference win i think is it would kill them um you know if sure. they were the ones playing notre dame and they had that win over notre dame notre dame that could carry through potentially not with this non-conference schedule because really if you lose to Ohio state with their, their big wins going to be what a Penn state or a Michigan state team that might be lucky to be a top 10 team. Um, I don't know. That's difficult because you're not going to get um, the, the extra sway in the room just coming from the, the sec. And I think that you're going to see, I don't know. I don't count anything out, especially the state of the ACC and the state of the PAC 12. It would not be remotely surprising to see the winner of both of those conferences be two lost teams. And so that yeah. might create a different conversation, but what would Michigan be hanging their hat on is really what I would come down to that. And what would be their signature win? What would, and especially how would they look in that Ohio state game? Because I, I tend to believe that there were many, many, perfect scenarios that set up this past year for that win there, there you know you michigan go. are they going to roll through <laughs> two guys that had ojabo not been injured would have been probably top 20 picks in on their defensive edges coming off both sides against a really weak ohio state offensive line that got rid of their offensive line coach would they have that rushing game that would be able to pound and and really take advantage of a very porous ohio state defense you know if ohio state shores those things up and Michigan doesn't have those pieces anymore. Are they even staying within 20 in that game? Uh, just to be real, you know, game being in Columbus, the way that we've seen those games go the last 10 years, you know, we can't throw out 10 years just because everything went wrong for one team and right for the other team. And you know, okay, that's okay, really where okay, I go back okay. to there, you know, but I, you know, I think that <laughs> if they're going to go with McNamara, it's just one of those things. They're going to go with McNamara. I don't what what is the trigger point to switch to JJ McCarthy in the season? Are they going to lose a game and then go to JJ McCarthy? Are they just going to decide that because it, if they're smart enough, if they're looking long-term enough to say JJ McCarthy is our only way that we're beating Ohio state and continuing to be a playoff team, why are they making that switch in October? Like why wouldn't they not make that switch in August? And so not doing that kind of says it really, what's the trigger point there. They just kind of decide that, well, the offense 
could be 5% better as we're rolling off wins or 50% better, whatever it might be. I don't know that the foresight is there with the offensive coaching staff. If they don't, if they aren't going to make that decision in August and allow him to have those games really leading up to the season and to get that experience under his belt. I think, well, the shoulder injury definitely doesn't help. So I think that's the thing they were looking at this summer. And so if they come back in camp and maybe he looks good, maybe they will. I, I circle that Maryland game, homecoming, maybe McNamara struggles, and then McCarthy comes in and just kind of takes over. And then you have Iowa and Indiana to get ready. Then you go to Penn State. I think that could be where you see, uh, you see that kind of go under. But, you, you know, to your credit, yeah, I think it's hardball, though. He's so – he's such a pain in the ass – because I think he has that idea of like loyalty to McNamara. Hey, they let us, he thinks that he led him to the college football playoff. And we all know that's not what led us to college football playoff. Our rushing attack and our defense led us to the college football playoff. I mean, McNamara tried to give away the Ohio state game plenty of times and it just didn't happen this time. So like, we've seen that, you know, I do want to give a shout out. Also, I, I like Darius Clemens, 20, 25 kid freshman coming in. Like we have a receiving room. We just need a quarterback to throw him the ball. And that's, I mean, that, that's the question like hey you know and you know we'll see i think the penn state game is huge michigan state we need to beat them ohio state's going to be there i say we yes but and i think the question also i think we're overrating blake quorum a little bit just to everybody out there like we got to slow our roll on blake quorum i think he's been going up debbie drafts i don't know why good college player very good college player but he's not he's not in it he is not someone I would plant my flag on in the NFL. He's just, he's not. And if I'm going to go anything, it's going to be Donovan. I think Donovan could have that breakout in that class just because I think that class has opportunity for a breakout. Uh, so that's the East division, two top teams. Uh, we're going to go to Penn state next. Cause they're the, they're the, they're the third uh, highest in terms of uh, win total in this, in this East division, Penn state's at eight and a half. And that's an interesting line for, you know, Franklin, who is just got how much money from Penn State. Uh, and the biggest question is, how how far can Clifford take them? And will Drew Aller see the field this season? Um, Jeff, what are your you love Penn State? That's like your favorite team. What is your what is your opinion of Penn State this year? I think we're going to know quickly playing Auburn in week three. And that's an Auburn team that we don't feel great about. But having that game early, I think we're going to kind of have a good indication. Um, James Franklin does an amazing ability to figure out a way to lose a game or two every <laughs> year. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that that's kind of lingering there. I I would be shocked if they play Aller over Clifford. I just don't see, you know, he already ran off Will Levis. And I think that anybody could have seen Sean Clifford and Will Levis together every day in practice and gone one direction and he went the other way. So is he really going to set a Clifford for a true freshman? I really don't understand how Clifford's still there. (laughs) It seems like it's, it's one of these things that uh, the COVID remnants and we're getting some of these guys that um, we're going to have 25 year olds playing quarterback, but it is what it is. Uh, It's just, I don't know. I don't see the uh, individual pieces. You know, they had Jahan Dotson last year and a lot of the offense was able to flow through him. They weren't really able to run the football last year. Singleton coming in and, and maybe he can shift that immediately, but uh, losing Dotson out of that, that's a first round NFL pick that they lose there. I think Parker Washington's just fine. and, And Lambert Smith is the guy that I think they really need to step up. Um, people are way all over Parker Washington and he's just kind of a slot receiver that I think would be lucky to go in the first two days of the NFL draft, to be honest with you right now. And maybe he has some development and he gets there, 
but it's just one of these things that this is just, you know, they're, they're eight and a half and Penn state should never be an eight and a half number because of where that program should be. You know, yes, they have Auburn in the non-conference, but other than that, they that's, this is a, should be nine and 10 win team every single season. So to put them at an eight and a half number in Vegas, I think that that tells you something about the quality of where Penn state is right now. To answer the question, I don't want to rule out all are playing because I think there's a really decent chance that this team starts two and three. Yeah. Um, they get Purdue to open, they get Ohio, then they get Auburn, Central Michigan, Northwestern. So we're looking at, at two and two here, two and or three and I guess two. I guess you're losing to Purdue in this scenario. You're losing to Auburn and then the Michigan game. And I think there's a good chance that. Michigan takes care of business against Penn State this year. They have the better team. Um, what I will say is I, I think the Penn State defense is going to be a little better than we think. Uh, they, they always have talent. They always have a talented secondary. I think that might carry them through a couple of those games, but I wouldn't like I'm not penciling in Penn State to win week one. I, I think we'll get to Purdue and I don't want to spoil too much of that, but they've kind of got a quarterback that can sling the ball around a little bit. And if he's able to kind of put some yards up i think there's a chance that purdue's defense is able to shut down sean clifford because most defenses can shut down sean clifford the x factor is singleton and i'll talk about him later so i'm not going to gush over him right now but the kid should step in and have a travion henderson like freshman year so i think if he's able to do that then penn state goes a little further but yeah eight and a half that's that's a tough line i mean i, I think we could be looking at an eight win team probably nine but I don't know that. And here's the problem with Clifford. It severely caps that team's upside, but also those wide receivers. So yeah, Washington. Yes. Lambert Smith, who we like, I know me and Christian really like him. Mitchell Tinsley transferred from West Kentucky's over there. Caden Saunders, a young freshman that you need to keep an eye on. Cause we talked about on our show that when we did the, you know, incoming freshman, but what can Clifford do with those guys? In reality, only one or two of those guys are really going to have good production because of Clifford's, you know, what he can do. His ceiling's really capped. But I will say, as I've talked to you guys before, I think I talked to Christian about this. When I was living in the athletic, Drew Aller, they talked about him like he's not even strong enough yet. Like he's, they've talked about him as like, hey, you got to get in the weight room. He's never had a, been in a weight room before. So that kind of like, oh, whoa. Like he's the, he, and they said he's the third depth. He's on the third on the depth chart, like right now. And that could be just coach talk. He's, he's got the tools. He's got the physicality. Um, but yeah, I, I would not, when I saw that Purdue game, first game, Purdue's going through some stuff too, but man, that's a tough game right out of the gate. Um, I, I didn't even realize Manny Diaz was a defensive coordinator for Penn state either. Look at you, Manny. I wonder if you brought the turnover chain with you since they got rid of it on Miami. But I mean, I, it's interesting. I think they could easily, that this is a team that can win seven games again. And you know, Franklin has no pressure though. They can't get rid of him. His contract is almost unfireable. Now I think he has a 10 year contract extension or something like that. So like he's there. So this is it. I do think Penn state's going to be dangerous as shit next year. I think next year is the year I'm a little nervous about Penn state. Not this year. Yeah. All right. Let's go to, I hate this school, Michigan state. Let's talk about Michigan state. I pretty much hate Michigan state more than any other team in this conference, even Ohio state, uh, seven and a half, which is an interesting number. I think they're looking 
thinking maybe we're going to have some regression with their with their team. Uh, question is, does, does the offensive system lend itself to one of Broussard or Berger producing the way Ken Walker did? So that's the question. Can, you know, Ken, Ken Walker, I'm sorry, I'm going to say Ken, sorry, Ken, uh, you know, Heisman candidate. He was right there. He had a fantastic year last year. Now Michigan State comes in. Obviously, when we're looking at who they have on the roster, Peyton Thorne is going to start. Again, you have Broussard, transfer from Colorado. Uh, Berger, transfer from Wisconsin. So they go after that. Jaden Reed, young kid, six foot 185, at wide receiver. Keon Coleman, who I like. Antonio Gage Jr., that's a name people should know there. They actually have a very deep depth chart at tight end. Like Malik Carr is really good. I like Daniel Barker. There's some guys in that tight end room that are going to be interesting. Uh, but can who do you like, Christian, out of those two running backs, Broussard or Berger? So I went into the offseason thinking that Berger would – kind of takes the lead and then I started thinking about what Broussard is and what Ken Walker was before he got to Michigan yeah. State and then I started reading about what was going on in the spring and it sounds like Broussard is the guy um, and I, I think there is a world in which this offensive scheme does allow for maybe not as good as Ken Walker because we saw a lot more from Ken Walker now Broussard's a good player Berger I think is a good player but we need to talk about what Berger had happened to him. He, Jeff's talked about it, but he lost his job twice uh, to do to two different players. And I don't think he's going to win this one, but I think that you're looking at a system that definitely lets the running back dictate what is happening. And now you've got a couple of tight ends that can be out there. I really don't love the receiver depth. I do like Antonio Gates Jr., but Jaden Reed, he's okay. He's fine. He's probably a day three NFL pick. I don't. I think Peyton Thorne's going to cap the offense. He has his flash moments as well. He's very much so like Cade McNamara. Um, but this offense goes as far as Broussard will take them. And I find it interesting because Michigan State has used the transfer portal in a way that we have traditionally known the transfer portal. Like they have said, look at what we just did with our running backs. Look at the opportunity. Come here and you could do this. Um, and so we'll see what they are. I, I think they're still going to have a good team. Their their defense, it, it was very bad last year. And I think that it also inherently just has to take a step forward, kind of like Ohio State. But that's a that's a tough line. I you know I don't I don't really see an eight win team out of this team. They really need Peyton Thorpe to step forward if it's going to anything's going to happen with them. And we you know, can talk about the running back. You can talk about the system that allow for running back to create. Um, but having that experienced quarterback there and, you know, we're really at a point where it's make or break. And are you going to push this program forward or are, is there going to be a reset on what they're going to do? And, and uh, you know, I, I think it's they've done a very good job of operating through the transfer portal. One of the best, and they were able to bring in an infusion of talent that turned the team around last year that made them be a very competitive team last year, despite that weakness on the back end and, and some of the other questions throughout the roster. But yeah, they, they really felt like they were smoking mirrors last year. And how often can you do that? How much can you keep that going unless the quarterback steps forward, but you look at this entire conference this entire conference has experience at the quarterback position. And that's the one thing that you can say about the big 10 is almost everybody has a very, very experienced quarterback. And so, you know, in a normal year, when you might see a lot of turnover, that might be a position where they would be primed to take that step forward, but not this year. And it's just going to be one experienced quarterback against another experienced quarterback and a guy that we're just frankly, not very high on. Hey, I'm all about Broussard, though. I think that's the guy you go after. Like, I, I, and Berger has, like, 
he's got off field stuff. Like he's yeah. got that stuff that's going on. And they even talked about, he'd have an off field stuff already at Michigan state. That's a big red flag to me. I'm not buying into that, but Broussard, man, I think that he could be good. Remember he played for Mel Tucker at Colorado when Colorado was there. Like he's familiar with the system already and Mel wouldn't got him. And I, I could see having a big year, but you're right. Peyton's the, really the guy. I mean, we're going to know that third week they play Washington. If you got, if you can't beat Washington, it's at Washington though. So that is a long game. Seattle, you know, dri- you know, flying all the way over there. I almost said driving. I'm an idiot, but flying all the way over there. It's a tough game. I mean, and but if they win that game, they're probably going to go five and zero oh, because then they get well. Minnesota is going to be tough. So we're going to see where that is. I think they're going to get to eight. Like if I had to guess, it's eight. But I'm super soft on that. Like I'm, I'm not betting it. Like there's no way I'm taking my kids' funds over there. Like that's not, that's not the game I want. But from a Debbie perspective, there's really no one on the Debbie like his roster. Broussard's an outside chance of that i know kate and hauser a lot of guys like him coming in um, true freshman quarterback he's not gonna get any run this year anyway antonio gates jr's fun just because he's antonio gates kid he's a lot of fun to watch on tape but he's gonna he has a lot of polishing to do but i don't see a lot of debbie relevant players on this team Jaden reed to me is not debbie Re- i mean he's he's there but he's not like someone that you can rank like i don't even think we have him in our top 50 um all right so there's michigan state now we're going to start getting down to some of the word the 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 other teams in this one maryland let's go to maryland they're at six how much can uh talia tagaviola improve and do they have any chance with some big 10 upsets i would say from the offensive side maryland looks very pretty i mean pretty good from what we've seen they may have though the worst defense in the Big Ten, and that's saying something with some of the teams that are in there. Uh, you know, they they have Talia, and he looked good. They got Colby McDonald. Their running back room kind of got decimated by transfers. Uh, we like Raheem Jarrett. We like Dante Demas. We like Jacob Copeland. We like the receivers. Uh, but from just from looking at it and diving into it, like they their defense is really bad. Six is probably the number. That's probably they're going to probably push. What do you think, Jeff? I like them. Uh, you know, I, I like the. You've liked Maryland the, every year I've known you. Every year you're like, I think Maryland. Two years is that I've year. known you. you <laughs> hey, like, we've, we've, we've listen. We've we've talked a lot. Let's 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 not pretend. Like two no, years, I, yeah. Well, and I think when you look at where they were last year, you know, they were rolling early part of the season. And yes, they were winning shootouts, but they were winning games. And then really that it was that Friday night game against Iowa and and Demas got hurt in that game and they really just never recovered in you know, everything kind of stacked from that point. Tagovola started to see ghosts and started to throw interception. He went from being one of the most efficient quarterbacks in college football to an interception machine. And now I think they were able to pull back and get that reset. We've seen them win. You know, we've seen them beat Penn State. We've seen them beat Michigan. So we've seen them beat these programs in the past. I think the non-conference sets up very well for them to be able to hit this six number because you you know you roll through that non-conference, you get Indiana, you get Rutgers, and then what? You're looking at winning two other games. I think they're capable of doing that with the offensive skill talent they have alone. And you know, if you give me an experienced quarterback, good wide receivers in college football, uh, you know, we can you got a, ch- a chance to go out there and win most any games any Saturday. So I think that that's what this program has going for them. You just said every college football cliche I've ever heard. Uh, you, any given Saturday, experienced quarterback, everything. Get them on ABC. Um, I I think there's an outside shot that SMU beats them. And if that happens, I, I think they're in trouble for the rest of the year because they do. I mean, their in-conference schedule is always going to be tough, but they get Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, 
those are a lot of a lot of those should be losses. I think there's a chance they beat Michigan State with what we've talked about. I don't think they beat Penn State or Michigan. I think Purdue beats them because I think Purdue's still returning some some good guys. So I I don't know uh, because I do think you're right. We do really like their wide receiver core, but I really don't believe in Talia. I just I a lot of what we saw down the stretch last year is what I think he is. Also, he's five ten. He's got to be. He's listed at I think five eleven. Which means he's five ten. I don't even know how he's throwing the ball out there. He's he's just really short. <laughs> no, I mean, you no, know, you're you're right. I mean, I think I I just look at this like Maryland really sacrificed themselves to get that check when they went to the Big Ten because they got put in this division and they were basically like, you're gonna play Michigan, and Penn State, Ohio State every year, and then when you cross and you're gonna have to play like Wisconsin every once in a while, then you really like they are this year it being six, seven wins is basically what they're going to get. Like that's really, but Hey, they get that big 10 check and now they're, they're penciled in right now. They're, they're going to be in the super conference. So this is how it works. Um, all right. Let's uh, yeah, well, let's get to Savannah built teams. They, let's go to Indiana. Money. <laughs> they, well, is under armor still a company? I thought they went bankrupt. I, I have no idea. <laughs> No, they, idea. they got in some trouble. They, they're not, not the, they made some shitty shoes. All right, let's go to Indiana. Sure, real still a company. Yeah. Google it. There you go. Google that. And see, see if, see, they, they did get in trouble. I'm not, I'm not crazy. Uh, Indiana is at four and a half over under biggest thing is can Connor Basilak, uh, I think I just pronounced that wrong. Bring the offense to a place that allows Indiana to compete. I, Indiana is really bad. Four and a half is an interesting line. I mean, I, I think Connor looked okay last year, uh, but he transferred out of there. Um, I know you like Connor, Christian. I think he's okay. Like, he's okay. I just don't know if he, there's enough around him to make himself look any any good. Yeah. So, I think Connor had something. And, and I just don't get the move to Indiana to say, like, this is where I can turn it around. You know, because yeah. – like you said, there's there's not much around him. Uh, we we don't have a Ty Freifogel on this team anymore. I don't think. Uh, no. You know that 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 kid was good when he was at Indiana and when he was healthy. I just don't see a player like that on their depth chart right now. So, I, I think what Connor needs to display is just. I, I think he's going to be a career backup at best in the NFL, but that just comes down to can he make good decisions? Can he manage the game really well for them? The problem is they're going to be in such negative game scripts all the time that he's not going to be allowed to do that. So I just think we're going to see a lot of what we saw this last year at Missouri, um, even though, you know, he was hurt that last year. And I, I think his best film came his sophomore year, I want to say freshman or sophomore year, um, redshirt freshman, I mean. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. This team's not good. That's that's pretty much it. That's just, it's just a bizarre move. I just don't understand the move to Indiana. And like, you know, if you want to go to the big 10, I feel like Illinois would probably have been a better move with Chase Brown there with Isaiah Williams there with them kind of having some momentum. We'll talk about that later. Um, But it's just one of those that if you want to move, like go to Nevada that just produced Carson strong, or, you know, go to a smaller school that just produced an NFL quarterback or NFL ish quarterback. I feel like would be the play there versus kind of going to a team that you're probably going to lose most of your games. The best player on this roster for everybody out there that like wants a deep guy that I like is Jalen Lucas. Yeah. True freshman. Like if he, if he's a running back, I like him. Uh, he's probably not, he's going to get involved because they, they don't really have a lot of, 
guys on that offense. Sean Shivers, I don't know if you guys remember him from Auburn. He's there, he, and he's been playing in the in college football, it seems like, for Sixth a long year. Yeah, like he's been there for a while, but I mean, this team is just void of talent. Um, but I like Jalen, but I mean, I don't know, I don't know what he's fast, <laughs> super. He is fast. Like when you watch him play, tiny though. Um, I mean, yeah, it's everything's relative. Yeah, five eight one eighty five. You know, that's that's yeah. <laughs> that's, that's big for Indiana. It's big for Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to Rutgers, who I think got shafted here. Four games is their over-under. They went to a bull game last year. Yeah, they only won five games, I believe. But they went to a bull game. Um, can Gavin Wimsett win the starting job? I know I'm a big Gavin Wimsett guy. And will Rutgers go to another bull game? I don't know if they're going to go to another bull game. But I want Gavin to win that job because I think Gavin could kind of set them up for that. Hey, maybe next year, you know, we'll see him come back and have basically a stronger year. I, I don't want to spend too much time on this team. I think Gavin could be very, very good. I don't know if he's going to be at Noah Vedral, Vedral, whatever his name is. I hope he does. Um, Greg Shiano seems like it's going to be a quarterback comp, you know, competition there. Other guys on this roster, Samuel Brown, true freshman running back. He's looked okay. Isaiah Washington, Taj Harris. They, they're just void of talent as well. So that's, I think, the biggest thing about them. I feel like you, you're... <laughs> Mayor, Rutgers is your Maryland. <laughs> yes, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Gavin's not yeah. bad. Like he's Jalen Hurts ish. Like that's how I look at him. He he's aggressive. Is, <laughs> I mean, he, he's a good athlete. I, I'd really like to see it. I just drafted him in uh our Royale League. Uh, I because I knew you would take him soon, Kevin. So I took him instead, and I think he should win this job. They do have five transfer starters. Uh, I think two or three on the offensive line, a couple of receivers. So I don't know what's going to gel, but it could be a good thing. I mean, they got to be more talented than what they've had in the past, other than maybe last year with their five wins. That's got to be like that's that's their highest win total since joining the Big Ten, right? Five. Uh, probably. They've been bad. For a long time, it's been very bad for a long time because it was really yeah. Ray Rice was a long time ago. They Ryan Leonard and the, Ray Rice. They were in the Big East, I think, when they were yes. doing that stuff. Yes. Uh, they were. Yeah. All right. Who? So who? So Jeff, who's your pick to come out of this division? Ohio State Buckeyes. Okay, <laughs> Christian, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm gonna go Michigan, the defending Big Ten champs, Michigan. That's where I'm gonna go with that. But don't, don't, don't bet that. I will say bet the over <laughs> on nine and a half, though. I think nine and a half is a is a, a small line. All right, let's go to the shitty West Division, shall we? Like there is just a bunch of crap over on the side of the of uh, the division. Uh, the team with the highest win total right now is Wisconsin at nine. Uh, you know, can the ba- Badgers bounce back from probably kind of a disappointing 2022? And how high can Brandon Allen ascend up in the Debbie ranking? So when we look at Wisconsin. Believe it or not, Wisconsin is starting Graham Mertz at quarterback again for another year. Uh, they have Braylon Allen there. Ches Lucy's coming off an ACL injury. Wide receiver-wise, you know, Skyler Bell's there, Marcus Allen. Like, again, they're going to be running the ball. Allen's going to – Braylon Allen's going to be their centerpiece here. We talked about Braylon Allen on the show, and we think he can kind of solidify himself as running back, too, probably behind Henderson if he has a big year this year. Uh, pass catching is the question mark in that one. But I still just can't believe they don't have a quarterback better than Graham Mertz. They did, though, and Jack Cohn, and then they let him go to Notre Dame, and then, you yeah. know, he, he wasn't – was he drafted? I feel like I feel like he wasn't drafted. Um, so that's what I feel about uh, Graham Martz. I, I just don't think he's good. Braylon Allen, I'd love to see him, you know, work on the actual technicalities of the position as well, pass catching, but also 
you know, yeah. footwork and lateral yeah. agility and, you know, making people miss. Those are the things. He's a powerful running back, but I think I comped him to A.J. Dillon. And, you know, that's a good running back. That's an NFL running back. But I think that's capping what his upside is for fantasy. And we that's what we're talking about in Debbie. So uh, nine wins is a lot for a Wisconsin team that has a difficult schedule. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know that they're that good personally. Well, I don't know about the schedule because they miss Penn State and Michigan. So they really they do. Their non-conference is pretty light on the non-conference. Yeah. But I'm going to upset special here. I think that Illinois uh, is going to beat them um, week week. Uh, October 1st, they're coming off. Ohio State plays Wisconsin the week before. And, you know, that game is going to mean a lot to Brett Bielema. I think Illinois is going to get them. And, and that's going to be my, an upset special here that I'm going to lay out you know, here in, in August, um, but look forward to that game. But yeah, it's in my question. I, I kind of wonder, is it good for Braylon Allen's career to play running back? Because it, you know, being that physical and that big, like should he be refining? If he were to be a pass rusher, there's a lot more money in his future. If he were able to be a pass rusher in that athletic package, than being a running back, I'm just saying, throwing it out there. And, and I know that, you know, these, there's an old school approach where you put your, if you've got an athlete like that. Let's just give him the ball in the backfield. But kind of looking big picture, thinking big picture. I kind of wonder if that's where he should be, but you know, I think he's, he's good there obviously, but yes, he needs to do some more things to get him up to that level, to get him all the way, way where we want to see him. Um, you know, if he is able to do those things, able to make those things, we, he could be a first round pick and at running back and, or maybe at worst, a second round pick because you don't see that physical package very often. I think you just don't want to play running back. So he doesn't whip Ohio state's ass, but no, I, I do think I no, you're right though. In terms of he's got a lot of, he's got a raw athleticism that you like, but you also want him to fine tune it this year. Like that's going to be the, that's going to be a kicker there. Uh, but yeah, I mean this team nine wins, I think it's doable with the soft schedule, but if they lose a game like Illinois, yeah, then they're done. Like I think Minnesota is going to be a very tough game. I'm actually higher in Minnesota than probably anybody in this division. Um, but I think, you know, I think with Mercer though, what do you, what do you expect? The kid, has not done anything and so he's really struggled and they haven't brought anybody in to challenge him there's really no one that roster is going to challenge him so they're going to run the ball run the ball run the ball but you're capped again this is big this is nap time in the big 10 like this is how it works all right let's uh <coughs> excuse me uh let's just go to minnesota because i i do like minnesota and I, I think it's good time to talk about them seven and a half is their win total i'm going to smash the over on that one i think that they are they're going to compete for a title on this side on the west division uh they get mo Ibrahim back uh but from an achilles so could this be a bounce back year for them tanner morgan is still the quarterback tanner morgan is been there for as long as these other guys that we've talked about uh i like minnesota what about you christian yeah, me too. So there was there was a time where I was like, I was in on Tanner Morgan. Uh, it was pre 2020, 2020, I think going into 2020, because he was draft eligible. I said, Okay, this, this kid's got something. He's He's got good touch. He throws with good accuracy. Everything kind of fell apart last year, which was strange, because they actually had probably the best receiver room. Uh, maybe not. They lost Bateman, but uh, they had a good receiver room. They had some transfers in and I think that they had talent there, but this offense runs through Mo Ibrahim. And and honestly, I think even bouncing back off the Achilles, his presence will be felt because he is a really talented running back. He's not a super Debbie relevant running back because I think he's still a day three pick. He's he's just kind of a um 
kind of a, a, a chug, a, you know, he's a plotter for what it's worth, but for college and what this Minnesota offense needs, it's him. And so with him coming back, I, I think that that's going to open things up for Morgan to be good. And ultimately, the, this division is wide open. And I think that Minnesota has the best returning talent of this group. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Kevin. I think they could challenge for the, the West title. Now, see... I was doing my prep and I was all proud of myself because I said, you know, I think Minnesota is really going to be the team to beat in this West division. And then Kevin <laughs> comes out here and steals all my thunder coming right out, rolling out right, right away. And now it just looks like I'm like, yeah, I agree because I do agree. And you're right. And, and yeah, looking at the experience throughout the offense and looking at um, really their schedule. And I think that one of the things that you need to realize that you need to look at, they don't have Michigan and they don't have Ohio state. So they're, you know, they have Penn state on the other side. And I think that they're as talented, maybe even more talented than Penn state. And so when that game Wisconsin loses that Ohio state game, they're already a half game in the hole. And if Minnesota beats Wisconsin, you know, they have really have the, pole position there on winning the big 10 West. And we've seen this come down to, you know, last year it came down to Iowa, came down to Minnesota, came down to Wisconsin kind of being all right there. We've seen over the last handful of years. And yeah, I think everything is primed for PJ Fleck to really kind of get it back rolling again, where they were a couple of seasons ago. And I think it was 20, I believe it was 2019 that they were a really, really good team. And it was, I remember they had that late season game against Penn state. And I think both of them were undefeated or both of them were very highly ranked and they won that game. And then they kind of fell apart after that. But I think that, yes, they are, they're not the team to beat because the hot number isn't highest, but they're the team that I feel the best coming out of the West. Yeah, well, we've known each other a long time, Jeff. Two years. We were on the we were on the right <laughs> rave lengths here. Like we do know, we do understand football a little bit. I mean, last year they went nine and four. I mean, they do lose some yeah. pieces. I think they returned like three out of the five stars on the offensive line. So you'd like to see that. Like they they looked good. I mean, and the kid to watch if you want a deeper guy, Zach Evans, running back from Minnesota. Everybody's been talking about this kid. Is like, hey, he looked great in spring, and I, he probably not going to get a shot right away. But if if Ibrahim and Trey Pot, these guys are injured or something happens that we saw last year, we can see Zach Evans get a little bit of run. I like their wide receiver room: Chris Hoffman, Bell, Dylan Wright. Those guys are they're good. They're good players. Like I think that with that experience and Fleck is the dude. Like I love Fleck. Row the boat, baby. Like I I think yeah. he he'll have him there. Like he'll have him playing there. Um, and then, hey, you know, when you're looking at this division, there's tons of teams at seven and seven and a half. And I think that's they don't know what to do with this. Vegas doesn't know what to do with the division because I think there's such bad quarterback play that they're kind of confused on where to go with in college. Next team we'll talk about, I guess, is Nebraska seven and a half. That's a pretty big number for a Nebraska team that has not been good since 2002. Uh, does Scott Frost make it another season? Do you I mean, many people thought he was going to be gone last year. I know they. Want, lost a bunch of games that there were seven points or it could have flipped the other way. They could have been like eight or nine wins. Uh, what do we think of this Nebraska team? The uh, Casey Thompson is a starter, right? I, I believe that's, that's who's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Texas kid. He's coming over. Uh, what do we think, Jeff? I just don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. They're not, we talk about, um, Jersey scouting and helmet scouting sometimes. And I feel like Nebraska is just that. And there's no, who's good there, you know, and, and they've seen so much talent leave They losing a Wanda Robinson, I think was kind of said something about where Scott Frost, that program is for him to go to Kentucky was not good. And yeah, I just don't see who the, is the special player that's going to bring things up. You know, we're we really going to buy into Casey Thompson and, 
being able to make them competitive in the Big Ten West when we just haven't seen that happen. And really, you're kind of buying all those one score games going the other direction. But what what points you in the direction that it's capable of doing that? And yes, is is Scott Frost going to make it another season? what are you going to do? Like who are you going to hire? I guess is, is kind of the question because you know, that this guy is supposed to be, he was the hottest coach when they got him and they beat Florida out for him and that he's not been able to build anything there at all. At some point we just need to say Nebraska is not Nebraska that we thought it was for a couple decades back in the early late nineties. Yeah. They got a quarterback upgrade with Casey Thompson uh, over Adrian Martinez, for God's sake. I'm glad that guy's uh, gone. Kansas State is where he transferred, I think. So yeah, that's yeah. fun. Uh, that's a good little trade-off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're a three-win team last year. And looking over the back half of their schedule, their last six games, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, they're losing all six. I mean, like, I, I think Illinois, maybe they could be Illinois. But outside of that, I mean, even being down on some of the other teams there, I just I just don't see how they're pulling out those wins. Plus, they have got Oklahoma again. It's just, it, this isn't a good team. I don't think Scott Frost makes it. I do think he makes it through the season. I, but I, I don't know. I, I You're right. They're pretty hamstrung in, in what they can do at head coach. I will say they're tearing up the, the NIL area. Like they're getting a lot of money from their boosters. Cause I think the boosters really want Nebraska back. So we're seeing some NIL, like some talk, like, Oh yeah, go to Nebraska, but they still haven't got any dudes. <laughs> like they got, they got Omar Manning and Trey Palmer and these guys that are coming over from other places. I mean, I like Trey from LSU. He's transferring there. Um, you know, they lost Xavier Betts though. He got kicked off the team. Like there's some issues that go on there. That game against the Northwestern is huge. They should kill Northwestern in Ireland. They should kill them. If that's a game where they choke and lose, Scott Frost should be left in Ireland. Like, you can't lose a Northwestern this year. Like, I think that's the bigger one. Um, Ramir Johnson's a kid I just do want to point out because Ramir Johnson ran really hard. I think he could be that PPR guy. But, again, you're talking about no Devi relevance on this on this roster again. Um, all right, let's go to Iowa. Iowa is, well, they're Iowa. You know, Kirk Ferentz is going to win seven or eight games. Uh, uh, seven and a half is the number. Uh, you know, they they played Michigan in the in the Big Ten Championship last year, so they did come out of this division last year. But they have Spencer Pet- Petrus as their quarterback. And Spencer Petrus was really bad last year if you guys watched him play. I'll never forget the Penn State-Iowa game. That had one of the worst quarterback games I've ever seen in my life. And they were still out there competing for this championship in the Big Ten. Uh, Sam Laporta, that's probably their best, the best Debbie relevant player on this roster. Gavin Williams, maybe Caleb Johnson running backs. Uh, but you know, Iowa is going to win seven or eight games, right, Jeff? They do somehow every year. Yeah, this is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care for Iowa. I, I just think they're, they always figure out ways to win games though. And you got to give Kurt Ferentz the, the hat tip there. Um, but again, it's, it's one of these that they'll, one of these running backs will emerge as being a guy that will be a fringe NFL guy. And they'll have two offensive linemen that get drafted and they'll have one random linebacker. That's really good. And that's really what Iowa just does every single year somehow. And there's no reason to think they won't do it this year. Yeah. I echo all of that. I don't, you know, looking back at watching Iowa live last year, I don't know how they won games even last year and they came out of this side. So uh, I don't know how they're going to do it with Spencer Petras, but they found a way last year. They're going to find a way this year. Uh, I honestly think that Iowa and Minnesota are the two 
best teams even i don't think Iowa's that good but i i still think like we just talked about they're gonna win anyway so um that, those are my my picks for the the division title per se so Nice. All right, let's go to Purdue real quick. We'll, we'll bounce through these last teams. Purdue is at seven wins. That's his over and under. And then the biggest thing is Aiden O'Connell, the thing. Like, when you're watching him, he's been talked up in some draft circles that I've heard. Uh, Christian's more dived into that than I am. But just by big-time podcasts, they've been talking about Aiden O'Connell. Like, hey, this kid can actually sling it. Jeff Brom is there. And obviously, Jeff's a pretty good coach from what we've seen. Uh They've lost some guys, though. Obviously, the wide receiver room took a hit with Milton Wright getting kicked off the team for this year. You have TJ Sheffield, Elijah Cannon from Auburn, uh, transfer. You have Payne Durham there. He's pretty good tight end. Samson James, okay, running back. Kobe Lewis, these guys that are there. I mean, can Aiden elevate this team? I think that's the question. What do you see in Aiden, Christian? He's accurate uh, sometimes. He's a product of volume, though. Like I think we're looking at a quarterback that – Sure, he could, he's smart. He makes good decisions, uh, but they let him throw the ball a ton, which is strange for a Purdue team. Like I don't associate Purdue with throwing the ball a ton, but that's what he did. Uh, I think he's a good leader from everything I've read, and I think that that will matter because I do think that that will elevate what he can be. Um, but he's not. I don't think he's Debbie relevant. I, I think that he's got some C two C relevance. I think he's going to put up some big numbers. But for what it's worth, I think Dame Brugler had him in his top 10 senior quarterbacks. So I, I think that he's drawn some attention and he's one to watch this year at the very least. I can already tell Jeff does not care about Purdue at all. I don't really care for him, to be honest. And they, <laughs> somehow they always beat Ohio State. But no, it's I kind of wonder if you're going to see maybe some Kenny Pickett type things going on with some of these quarterbacks where you're getting very experienced quarterbacks that because of COVID and because of those type of things that have created situations where guys are, and I O'Connell will be playing his fourth year. So he's not getting the extra year, but it's one of those things that maybe you, you get these guys like Pickett got an extra year. And so you're kind of having that victory lap on college. And I think that, you know, you, you think through life, you go through something for four years and your fifth year, you got it all figured out. And so I wonder if, um, and, and again, O'Connell will be only playing four years, but if you might see some of these experienced quarterbacks kind of have that picket thing where they've got that, got it just figured out be, from playing college so much. And then they kind of land on draft radars because they can do enough things to get talked into and then they get picked early and then they show up to training camp and they look terrible. And You know, it's one of those things that I think that there's, we are just in very unprecedented times. I think with uh, between getting that extra year code uh, eligibility, having some layout still from that and yeah, just a lot of the stuff that's going on. Really quick too, O'Connell is a former walk-on, so his yeah. story is very much so unlikely, um, and it's a fun one, and I think people yeah. are going to cling to that this year too, yeah. for better or worse. I like when Jeff goes like full life coach, Jeff, like he shows his age and he's got the, I like that. I, that's my yeah. Jeff's in a good mood. I like when Jeff's in a good mood. He's talking about like, <laughs> you know, it's just, he's got that. He's got that talent out there. Uh, let's go to his favorite team. Apparently Illinois, they're at four and a half. So obviously Jeff is smashing over on Illinois. Um, 
can they make a bull game? It's interesting. Like, I think four and a half is actually low. I would actually think that they're going to surprise some people based on their rushing attack just because Chase Brown is there, Josh McCray. Josh McCray is a guy that I've been kind of targeting in C2C drafts because I think he's a young kid that can actually get some run. We saw last year, remember Chase Brown was supposed to be that guy and he didn't even start the first game that Illinois had. And so we've seen him kind of go back and forth there. Uh, Chase Brown had a thousand yards last year. So yeah, he did good there. McCray had 549. Quarterback, they got Tommy DeVito uh, coming over. You, you know, maybe they're going to throw a ball a little bit. They could be very sneaky. I think they could be a sneaky team. What do you think, Jeff? You know, you will come to learn that there are random teams that I just kind of latch on to from year to year. And maybe Wake Forest was a little bit of that last year. I just... I think that things set up nicely for Illinois. You know, I think that last year they kind of had a come to Jesus moment and Brett Bielema had that um, very interesting press conference. Then they went out and they beat Penn state. They finished yeah. three and two to close their season out. They have a very favorable open opening schedule against who they're playing in the non-conference. I, I just think that, you know, sometimes you can feel the momentum shifting within uh, college football programs. And I think Bielema has got a clear idea of what he wants to do. And, and they want to play a little bit more on up tempo on offense versus kind of being more that smash mouth team that you come to expect from them. Um, I, I just think that they got some interesting guys. And then when we talk about the talent being down uh, through the big 10 West and kind of nobody that we're really falling in love with, it's just one of those that I could see this being a story that people are paying attention to late into the season. They have physically imposing corners too, and all all three starters are returning uh, at corner. So their star and their two outside guys that won them games last year. They are able to blanket wide receivers, and especially in this division where there are not good wide receivers really at all, um, outside of nope, none. So like they <laughs> they should be they should be fine uh, there, and I think that that's going to help. Um, I, I kind of am with Jeff. I think they're going to make a bowl game, whether that, you know, their ceiling might be seven, six, seven games, but th I think that's a six, successful season. Wow. Okay. I like it. Brett Bielema back. I, I like the Illinois, the fighting line. Can I give a shout out to Isaiah Williams? I like yes. this kid, the wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Like I like watching him play, you know, quarterback slash wide receiver. Um, he has that C2C kind of upside cause he can do both, but they can use him in a lot of different ways. I mean, he got targeted last year at 74 targets. He had 525 yards, four touchdowns, but I think they can, he's their best athlete in my opinion. So they're going to scheme him and they're going to be, I think they'll do a better job. Like I know I like, I I've always liked Brett, but I always say his last name. I'm Be Be say it for me, Jeff. I'm happy. Bielema? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm just having a stroke a little bit. I, I've always <laughs> liked him. Like I, I think he had a bad run in Arkansas, but I always liked him in Wisconsin. I thought he re he ran a good program. Um, all right, last team. We'll talk about Real like quick. like is oh, Isaiah Williams the best wide receiver in the Big Ten West? Ottman Bell, maybe, but no. Like that's that's what I was thinking of. I was like, um, I don't really have interest in him. Yeah, he could be actually. Probably. I mean, I, I do like Obman Bell. I like Milton Wright yeah. too. I think Minnesota yeah. is probably the two best, and then Isaiah is up there. <laughs> like, we're not talking about a lot of offense in the West Division. There's not not going on on that side. Um, Northwestern three and a half. I don't have a ton to say about Northwestern. They were really bad last year. They cannot figure out that quarterback position. Ryan, Ryan Hilsinki from um, South Carolina is there. He had a really bad year last year. Is Fitzgerald run his course? He's been there how long? He's been there for a long time. 2003, 4, somewhere around there? 
if Northwestern got rid of Pat, Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald, they would be the dumbest school in the big day. But you know, you cannot get rid of Pat Fitzgerald for what he's meant to that school, what he's been able to do with that. He's had them in the big 10 championship game multiple times. Like this is that team has, that school has no business being in the big 10 championship game and to have them there multiple times. It, Potentially, yeah, I think the, there were rumors that the Bears were calling a couple of years ago and, you know, maybe he missed the boat on getting like an NFL type job and maybe the shines off him a little bit, but he should be the Northwestern coach for the next 35 years and just not, not even worry about it. <laughs> why are you yelling yeah. at us? Uh, why are you yelling at us? <laughs> yeah. I feel like He's searching the question. name of Pat Fitzgerald. I was going to say it could be a Gary Patterson situation though, where he just says, you know what, like maybe it's, it's time for me to take this elsewhere. I think Gary Patterson did the same thing with TCU. And I think 45 years old. Yeah. But, but Patterson ultimately, like he created defenses like that the NFL now uses. I think Pat Fitzgerald has meant a lot to Northwestern. It's just, they're in kind of, the the ebb and flow but in the very very basement of what they need to be and i don't know where i see it turning around i I don't really i'm not in love with their recruiting class this year their 2023 isn't looking very good if i remember correctly um and so i just i don't know i will do you live with that do you say yeah he took us there and and that that's what it was and now we have to go in a different direction i don't know this is the vanderbilt of yes of the big 10 though (laughs) at some point i have to think the sec and the big 10 if they're going to continue to add teams like ucla usc whatnot i have to think that there will be a conversation with the vanderbilts and the northwesterns of the world and um you know it's just one of those that the yeah, they're collecting money hand over fist but it's just they're not going to be keeping up with just the top end where it needs to be. And I, I think those would be awkward conversations, almost unprecedented conversations, but at some point, like you need to have that conversation in Northwestern. What is your goals here? What, what are you trying to do with your school and academics and athletics? And maybe there's a better fit for you to do it kind of at a lower level. They should just get together with Cal and Stanford and make like a, like a, you know, well, Notre Dame can be the champion of all the smart people and refuse to join a conference and you feel like they should be in the, the playoff every year. So there you go. It's perfect. Also, Jeff, I mean, don't talk about precedent on this show. That's, that's, yeah. That's the uh, yeah. What are you talking about? All right. Let's, uh, let's, uh, who are you picking Jeff in this division? Who do you think you got? I want to take Minnesota, Minnesota Christian. Who you got? Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think Minnesota. Well, now I'm going to take Minnesota. Now they're going to win they're four freaking games, games next year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm, 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 I'm taking Minnesota. Overall, Minnesota versus Michigan, I'm taking Michigan to win it all. I'm assuming you two are taking Ohio State. Yes. Yeah. Come on. All right. So those are our, that's our Big Ten kind of preview, guys, that you should be watching, teams that you should be watching. You should not be watching the West Division. If you're a college football fan, do not watch the West College Football in the Big Ten. It's going to be really bad unless you want to take a nap. It's like that how, 1 o'clock. How do you – exactly. How do yeah. you be talk down on the Big Ten <laughs> noon West nap game? You fall asleep in the, right at the beginning of that second quarter. You sleep through halftime. You wake up, and then you can flip channels through. It's perfect. Because it's still 10-7. It never changed. It's 10-7. <laughs> 
that Graham Mertz has five interceptions. Exactly. That's what you're watching on TV. And then you got it's Spencer Petras out there, freaking can't even hand the ball off. He's just falling. That's that's basically the West Division. Why the East Division just eats each other it's a Perfect lot. Saturday. Yeah, perfect Saturday. All right, let's get to the games, and we will roll out of here. So appreciate you guys tuning into this. Uh, now we're gonna get to games, have some fun, and we'll we'll, we'll get out of here. Jeff, you want to hit the uh, trophy smack at me first? Yes. Trophy smack. Are you in a fantasy football league? Do you have a trophy or a belt for your fantasy football league? Well, if you don't, check out Trophy Smack and use our code, the Debbie Royale. If a purchase of a belt or a trophy, anything that you buy there using our code, you get a free ring. So what's to lose? Step up, throw an extra 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks in your league dues this year and create a trophy that you can pass around or a belt that you can give to your have live drafts again and give to your champion via trophy smack. It's the the sports book rundown. Let's get to the sports book rundown. Last week, Jeff won three to two. Kevin and I went two and three. So Jeff has the first chip and we have a, you know, a, a mixture of games as we always do this time of year. First one. Seattle Mariners at New York Yankees. A lot of day baseball games tomorrow, and I thought that was fun. So we're going to hit that tomorrow at 105 is this game. Kevin, who are you taking? I'll take the Yankees. Jeff? I'm going to take the Yankees, too. But it seems like they have the Mariners number. Yeah, I'm going to take the Mariners. Um, and you're welcome, because if I would have taken the Yankees, we all would have lost. So at least... I'm giving you guys a win. Uh, Blue Jays at Rays also tomorrow afternoon, 12, 10 p.m. Kevin, who are you taking in this one? I'll take the Blue Jays. I'll take the Rays just to be different from Kevin. Okay, and I will take the Blue Jays as well. Remember when they were the Devil Rays? Oh, my gosh, yeah, I do. Um, All right, Los Angeles Sparks at New York Liberty. This is WNBA for folks listening at home. Uh, this is Wednesday at 7 p.m. Kevin, who are you taking in this one? Uh, give me the... I'm pretty sure the Sparks have sucked, so I'm going to take Liberty. Jeff? I'm I'm East Coast, so I'll take the Liberty. Okay. The Liberty? What is the hell is the Liberty? Like, the Liberty. The New oh, York, okay. the Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Kevin saying that the Sparks have sucked is the most analysis you're going to get on this, but I'm going to take them uh, you know, <laughs> to, be, to be a little different. Uh, Houston Dynamo at Vancouver Whitecaps. This is MLS soccer for folks listening at home. Uh, Kevin, who are you taking on this one? Uh, I'll take the Whitecaps because that's a cool name. Give me the Jeff. Dynamo. What is, what is a Dynamo? That's what I want to know. Somebody that's dynamic. That, <laughs> that could be it. Uh, I'll take the Dynamo because you can fit there. All right. Uh, and then Sunday night baseball, Padres at Dodgers. This, I put this in here before the Juan Soto trade today, and now this has two of the most stacked lineups in the history of baseball, so I'm excited that we're ending with it. Um, Kevin, I assume you're taking the Padres, right? Yeah, there's no way I'd be ever take the Dodgers in anything. Yeah. I'll take the Dodgers, I guess, to be different. I yeah, I think off. normally teams take a while to gel after like big trades like that, like maybe a week or two. It won't quite be that. So I'll take the Dodgers here. And that'll do it for the Sportsbook Rundown. So we're very close to picking college football games, guys. Bear with us. Week zero is right around the corner. Prospect, Prospect Poker. Poker. So 
It is. It's coming. Um, all right, let's go to prospect poker. Rules again, pretty uh, pretty easy. We were going to play a little poker, have some fun on, on the screen, and then we're going to talk about our biggest breakout and bust in the Big Ten for you guys, uh, and we're going to start with breakouts. So Christian's going to give us his breakout. Yeah, um, so I'll start with Nicholas Singleton. I kind of talked about how I would talk about him later, but we, we've talked about him on this show. He is an incredible athlete, a very skilled runner. He's got really nice lateral agility, burst speed, everything you're looking for in a true RB1. He's the best running back on the Penn State roster, and I think that they deploy him early and often, and he has a really good year. All right, so we have a two of spades, a 10 of spades, an eight of clubs, and a queen of clubs showing for Christian. So those are the river cards, and Christian's got a queen of clubs. My player is Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm not going to not pick an Ohio State Buckeye on this show, and so I'll go with him. Maybe he broke out already in the Rose Bowl, but coming in, very inexperienced, had those three touchdowns in that game, and I think he's just really going to take off this year. He's playing opposite Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I think by the end of the year, you're going to have questions about who really is the best Ohio State wide receiver and so Marvin Harrison Jr. and I've got a nine of diamonds. Yeah, you guys really went on a limb there with your breakouts. I, I went Donovan Edwards. I think, you know, uh, I have to pick a Michigan guy too. Running back, I think he could he could overtake Corum and be that lead guy. I think he's a polished receiver. I think he has good athleticism. I know people are questioning athleticism, but I think he's quick. I think he has good receiving ability. I think he's a very solid back. So I'm going to take Donovan. Two of oh, clubs. Heck. Ooh, pair of twos. Okay. He says you guys went out on a limb and then picks a top 10 Debbie <laughs> asset right now. Good guy. Uh, my bust pick is Jalen Berger. We kind of talked about him and how we think that maybe Broussard, probably Broussard is going to win that job. And then what is the role? Uh, the RB2 at, at Michigan State doesn't do very much. So I, I think he's going to bust this year. I'll take that. Throwing up a pair of queens. I'll take that. All right, so my pick is uh, Graham Mertz. Um, you know, I'm I'm really getting risque <laughs> on that pick, uh, but I think he's going to be the reason why Wisconsin doesn't win the Big Ten West. It's getting late, and we're, we're running way over, and I just picked a random dude. Um, so an ace of hearts. <laughs> Graham Mertz was a bust three years ago, but all right, let's. Uh, I'm going to go Parker Washington. I think he's getting overdrafted right now in leagues. I think that he's fine, but he's not Jahan Dotson. I think he's limited athletically, and I, I just don't see. I'd rather take Lambert Smith or those other guys in that offense. And I, I don't see their quarterback Clifford being able to project him higher than that. All right. So a five of diamonds for Kevin. That means Christian has won this game. That means one game for me, one game for Christian. Then we're going to Black, play a little Black bit Jack of trivia. We play blackjack as we play trivia with blackjack. We throw our cards out, ask a trivia question. Whoever gets it right, beneficial outcome, whoever gets it wrong, gets burnt. And Christian is going to lead us off with a 15 Kevin is going to start with a 16 and I have a 17 showing. So that brings Christian up first. All right. Does anyone have any, any questions for me? <laughs> you know, we do this every single week. Um, you would think that somebody would, who was the first team to win the big 10 championship? Michigan. It was actually Wisconsin in 1896. And so Jesus. you busted. Great. Kevin, right. I, have, I have a question for you, Kevin. How many teams were there in the Big Ten Conference in 2011 before it expanded to 12 teams? Oh, 10. 11. Oh, uh, 11. They were sitting at 11 
uh, for for a long, long time, which was always strange. You also busted. Jeff wins the show. I do win the show. Jeff, do you want? I feel like someone should ask you a question. Where are you? Yeah, I always love questions. Kevin, do you have another question? Do you have a question? Yeah, it's not a good one, but I'll ask him it anyway. Uh, the the Los Angeles Rams, when they first relocated to a different city, where did they relocate from the first time? The first time they relocated Chicago? San Diego. They were a San Diego. San Diego. Yeah, they were the first San Diego team. Okay. I didn't know that. That's a good question. Thank you. Now it's my time. So, you know, we, we are here for football season and, you know, get your mind right and get ready to go. And, and let's be kind on social media if you want to use social media or don't feel like you need to use social media. I think that's one of the biggest things that sometimes when you're ingrained in it, you feel like you have to be on it all the time. And But taking a break and realizing that you're missing life going on around you is really important. And then when you plug back in, it sets your mind right. And you know, I think a lot of people could stand to do that. And we have the expo coming up it'll be a great opportunity to put twitter down when you're at the expo and you'll meet everybody that you know on twitter but even leading up to that it's a great time of year where we're about to go into a major grind for the next several months and really kind of take a breath and make sure you're ready to go with that man dad jeff was in full force today uh so we are we will be back next week on august 9th uh maybe not 9 30 eastern until then i'm kevin coleman at the boys underscore 22 I'm Jeff Bell at For Whom J. Bell Tolls. And I am Christian Williams at C. Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale. Thank you for listening to the Debbie Royale. Follow us on Twitter at the Debbie Royale. If you haven't already, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash the Debbie Royale. Tune in on YouTube every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But until then, this has been... The Devi Royale.